who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. break your daily podcast for the biggest storylines results and controversies from the tennis world today is monday april 5th as mentioned on our earlier show it's a two mini break monday here at crack rackets there's so much going on constantly in the tennis world to help keep all of you listeners up to date on all the action we wanted to divide today's content into two parts on part one i recapped a championship weekend in miami that saw some fascinating and fantastic tennis who be her cats became the first Polish man in ATP Tour history to capture a Masters 1000 title. Of course, he knocked off Rublev, Sinner, Shapovalov, Raonic, Tsitsipas throughout the course of the event. And, you know, I talked about what allowed him to have his success this week, what we should expect from him moving forward. Certainly, it was so fun seeing him break through in Miami. Of course, Ashley Barty became one of just six women in WTA Tour history to win back-to-back titles in Miami. She reasserts herself at the top of the conversation in women's tennis. Talked about Yannick Sinner, talked about uh, Bianca Andreescu, Maria Sakkari, all of the weekend's action on part one. So if you're looking for that sort of content, be sure to tune in to the previous episode here on your mini break podcast feed. Of course, here on part two, I want to talk about what's going on this week. And I know the question all of you listeners are asking yourself, it's already clay court season were we just quarantining in Australia wasn't Delray Beach where Sebastian Corda made that big breakthrough like a week ago no we're already three Sebastian Corda breakthroughs past that and yeah it is crazy to think we've got two ATP 250s on our hands this week we've got fantastic WTA field in Charleston, the WTA event in Bogota as well. Not to say that field's not fantastic, but when I get to the names playing in Charleston this week, you will also say, wasn't Miami like yesterday? It's crazy to see how many of these top players in the world are now taking advantage of the opportunity to compete week in, week out on the tour once again. That's the focus of this podcast. It's going to be on the shorter side, hopefully, 
probably, I guess, saying that, I've now cursed this to be at least 40 minutes. But, of course, I just want to remind all of you listeners, the reason we're able to do things like this day in, day out, make it a two-mini break Monday, uh, is because of the support we get from all of you, sincerely, all of you who tune in, who comment on Twitter. Uh, it means the world to us. It's what powers everything we do here at Crack Rackets. Of course, a huge shout-out to our Patreon family and then to our friends at Midwest Sports and Gamma. You know the deal. Best equipment, best prices, Midwest Sports. The promo code is CR15. If you are, you know, unsure about what you need to bring out the best in your tennis game, highly recommend you turn to our friends at Midwest Sports. If you're a little more certain, perhaps you're just looking for specific strings or, you know, specific overgrips, specific things in your racket to update, our friends at Gamma have you covered. And, of course, if you go to Gammasports.com, use the promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off everything Gamma has to offer. Again, that's strings, that's replacements and overgrips, dampeners, everything in the racket business. They've got it. Go to Gammasports.com, use that promo code CRACK20. With that in mind, let's talk about this week's action across the tennis world. Let's start with the WTA action in Charleston. Truly, folks, a fantastic draw is set for the first of two back-to-back weeks in Charleston. You look just up and down the board, 10 top 30 players, or I believe actually it's 11 top 30 players in play here in Charleston. Two of the top five in action, your top two seeds. Number one seed, Ashley Barty. No rest for the weary. She doesn't need it. She took all of 2020 off. She's back in action, playing her best tennis, getting ready to, in her mind, I suppose, defend her French Open title. It's not like anyone's beaten her uh, since the last time she played in Roland Garros. She just wasn't there last year, but she's your number one seed, your number two seed French Open finalist last year. Sonia Kennan still bouncing back from surgery will certainly have a winnable uh, match a very grinding physical first match she'll play the winner of Lauren Davis Madison Brangle the two Americans so that's a tough tricky first round match for uh, Kennan of course you look up and down the board your number three seed here on the week Petra Kvitova number four seed has pulled out but your five seed is Benchic your six seed Muguruza seven Mertens your number eight seed here on the week is going to be I believe uh, let me see here. Your eight seed. I know the nine seeds, Van Drusova. The eight seed, Madison Keys. Your nine seed, uh, Marketa Van Drusova. You've also got Elena Rabakina in the draw. Sloan Stevens in the draw. Leila Fernandez in the draw. Putin Seva in the draw. I believe I saw Own Shabur there. She is in the draw as well. Top to bottom. Again, fantastic tennis uh, throughout the course of the week. You ask me who are the players to watch most closely. I'm convinced Garbine Muguruza is going to win a slam this season. She's just so consistent, can hurt you in so many different ways. And I know she lost her match in Miami to Bianca Andreescu, but Bianca Andreescu's a stud. It was a really high-level three-set match. Muguruza certainly had chances in the match. She had played so much tennis in the lead-up to Miami. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying she's going to be better paid heading into the French Open. I want to see how she competes on the green clay here. It's, you know, not as sticky. You can't really sink your feet into it the way you can red clay, but, you know, she's so good at moving the ball around, so good at changing direction on you, so good at hitting the ball behind you, playing for strike tennis, all the things you need. She's fluid around the court as well. She's got length. I know she lost early at last year's French Open, but she's just someone I circle. So I want to see how she, of course, uh, starts off her clay campaign. I keep 
waiting for Putin Seva to get rocking and rolling. Wouldn't shock me if she does so here. Kvitova, Mertens. I mean, these are some of the surest things in women's tennis over the past 15 months. And, you know, you've got danger. You know, how does Elena Rabakina, whose power certainly on its best days on a hard court can hit through anyone, how does it look on the clay? That's a question all of us are still wondering. Amanda Nisimova, three-set win for her in her first-round match on Monday over Magda Lynette. She's a former French Open semifinalist. She played Miami Open finalist Bianca Andreescu essentially to a draw when they faced off in Miami. So we know what she's capable of. She's dealt with so many different injuries and off-the-court things. Can she play, you know, three consecutive months of tennis, two consecutive months heading into a hypothetical French Open, which, by the way, may or may not happen at this point, depending on the reports you read. I know John Wertheim uh, sharing and Christopher Clary uh, both sharing reports from French media dictating that things are on the fritz as France uh, struggling right now with another outbreak of COVID-19. But, I mean, look. Up and down the board, fantastic action in Charleston. I'm not making a prediction. If eh, I can make a prediction, I think it's going to be Muguruza. I think she's one of the three best players in the world right now. Osaka, Barty, Muguruza. Those are the surest bets. And Barty's in the draw, but she's played so much tennis of late. It kind of, you know, she'd have to go through Bencic, then she'd have to go through either Von Drusov or Keys, then she would have, so she, you know, Muguruza on the other side of the draw. On that side, it's Muguruza, Mertens, Tennis, Shabur, uh, Tennis, excuse me, Kennan, Jabour, Putin, Seva, Leila Fernandez. It's a really interesting, again, it's loaded, top to bottom. So expect some good tennis in Charleston, and all that tennis can fa- be found, of course, on TC Plus, if you are a subscriber. And of course, here at the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, of course, we subscribe to our friends at TC+. That's the action in Charleston, in Bogota. Still have a healthy field for the WTA event taking place this week. You know, the players I'm going to be watching most closely in Bogota. Let's start with Sarah Cerebes Tormo. Somehow, despite the fact that you look here in 2021, and by the way, she's 28 and 11 in her last 52, up to number 48 in the live rankings, you look, which is a new career high, you look for Cerebes Tormo via Tennis Abstract's ELO rating. She's number 47 uh, over the course of the past few seasons, but just 2021 specific. Sarah Cerebus Tormo has been the number nine player by ELO rating, and that's because she's 15 and four on the season. Champion in Monterey, uh, Monterey semifinalist, I believe, in Guadalajara quarterfinalist. Uh, it, oh, excuse me. Champion in Guadalajara, semifinalist in Monterey, quarterfinalist in Miami. I mean, she's been sensational. It's just her physicality. She makes her matches a track meet. That backhand slice throws off the rhythm of her opponents. She lulls them to sleep or baits them into approaching when they shouldn't. Then with her speed, the proficiency of her forehand, she's pretty good on that backhand wing as well. She's going to make it the passing shot or hit a first passing shot low at your feet that then offers her an opportunity on the second one. And I've talked about her a lot recently, uh, but... You know, she's the number two seed here this week. Yeah, she's played so much tennis, but you look up and down the draw, you know, for, it's crazy to think for Sarah Cerebus Tormo, given the success she's had here on hard courts to start the season, in her career, in tour-level matches, she is still 60-63 and 63 in hard court matches, 54-47 and 47 in clay court matches. So even with her late push, her win percentage on clay still better than it is on hard courts, and you know, she's only 20, 40 years old, and so, you know, she still hasn't played more than, a, you know, a 150 clay 
WTA Tour professional level matches. A lot of these are qualifying results early in her career where she struggled. And, you know, if you remove for qualifying, I suppose, let's see if I can do that. Can I remove for qualifying and go only main draw? I don't think I can do that right now. Uh, but the point is, given the breakthrough she's had on hard courts and clay is the better surface in her career, just look out, folks. Look out for Sarah Cerebro's Tormo here in Bogota. Of course, also be on the lookout for number four seed. Crazy to say this about an 18-year-old number four seed, Clara Tossin, the former world junior number one junior Grand Slam champion, first-time uh, WTA Tour champion in Lyon a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, her big breakthrough result at the WTA level was knocking off Jen Brady in the first round of French Open last year after she came through qualifying well, you know, it's crazy to think for Clara Tossin in her career thus far. She really still has, hasn't has played that many matches. She's played only 143. And yet, so she's won 79% of her matches. She's 36-14 and 14 on clay, which, by the way, a 72% win percentage. That's still pretty damn good. And she did beat Jen Brady at Roland Garros after qualifying and, you know, made the second round there at eight, uh, 17 years old. But... That 72% win percentage on clay, 36 and 14, is lower than it is on hard court. So I'm just curious. I just want to continue to see what she looks like on a clay court. Certainly with her power, she can hit through anything. She's able to move the ball around as well. She's comfortable moving forward. She's comfortable on the return of serve, which is so important on a clay court. Uh yeah, I, I'm very excited to see Clara Tossin this week. And then just the dark horse. I suppose it's not really a dark horse considering she's sl- seated. Uh, but Aronsa Roos, who, you know, throughout her career has played. Uh, now, uh, you look in her career, she's 66 and 88 on hard courts, a 43% win percentage for the 30-year-old. She's 68 and 56 on clay, court, uh, on clay court matches at the WTA Tour level. So a 43% win percentage on hard, a 55% win percentage on clay. She's back on the dirt. Number three seed here this weekend. You know, again, that's really Roos right now, the number 83 player in the world, tossing, what, like 94? Those are your top four seeds. Outside of that, you know, it's a lot of players outside the top 100. And so, you know, if you're a fan of, you know, J- Jasmine Paolini, by the way, in the draw. She's been great of late. Martin Sova, I see in the draw. I see Zdanzik, uh in the draw. Astra Sharma for you college tennis fans in the draw. Sasha Vickery in the draw as well. So a lot of players, again, looking to make a name for themselves, looking to break through. They'll have that opportunity here at the WTA level this week in Bogota. That's your WTA action. Let's switch gears now. Talk about the two ATP 250s. We'll start with the ATP event in Marbella, and we've already had a day of action there. I'll run through it briefly because there weren't too many matches, and I watched some of it, but I didn't watch it too closely. Uh, you look thus far in Marbella. Uh, you know, the match of the day, Sun Wukwan, 6-3-3-6-7-6, the uh, I think 22, 23-year-old now Korean player with the victory over world junior number one, former world junior number one, Holger Rune. Uh, that match was super, super fun. Quan had the biggest weapons on the court, and Rune sometimes you know, allows himself to play 12, 13, 14 feet behind the baseline, and Quan took advantage of that, and just, you know, he offered Quan a ton of time to load on his ground strokes. Quan went big down the line. He executed in the biggest moments, overcame a break deficit in that third set. Uh, you know, Rune can really drive through his backhand. And I don't know. I mean, I, I like that he wants to hit so many inside out, inside in forehands from the ad side of the court because he wants to be aggressive with his footwork. And I love that aggression. 
But I also love the drive he's able to produce on his back end. So that was, you know, again, it was a really fun match. Great win for Quan, who was so good through the first third of the season. You know, won a challenger title, made a couple of runs at ATP level events, really stabilized himself inside the top 100. But Rune's one to watch out for, folks. I'm a big believer. David Gertler and I discussed him on a recent Great Shot podcast. But be on the lookout for Quan. It's a really nice win for him. And again, up and down the board here in Marbella, your top seed, Pablo Carreno Busta. We all know what he's capable of. Two seed, Fabio Fodnini. If he's locked in, he can beat anyone, although he potentially is going to play Haumi Munar, who's probably been the best ATP challenger player on clay in this 2021 season, coming off of a final last week at the Marbella Challenger. Uh, he plays Henry Laxon in first round. Winner plays Fodnini. Right above them, Pedro Martinez-Portero, the talented young Spaniard, going to take on Ivashka, Davidovich Fokina, talented young Spaniard, the five seed, taking on Zoomher. Very interested to see how Casper Ruud, the number three seed, performs here this week because you look for Casper Ruud, you know, in his career, he's 16 and 26 in ATP level hardcore matches. That's a 38% win percentage. How then did he get up to his number 26 ranking in the world? He's 46 and 25 on clay courts at the ATP level, not just challengers or broadly. No, 46 and 25. He's winning 65% of his matches already at the ATP level on clay. Last year, third round of Roland Garros, he made a semifinal in Hamburg, beating Fonini, beating Umber before losing to Rublev. He made the semifinals in Rome the week before, beating Berrettini, Hachinov, Sinego, and Cilic before losing to Djokovic. There was a final in Santiago in 2020, a title in Buenos Aires to start 2020. You go back to 2019 when he made his big breakthrough, I believe. That was at, at the Houston event where he lost in the final to Christian Guerin and then, you know, made the round of 32 before losing to Federer. And so, you know, Clay is where he's made his buckets. And I think the 22-year-old is poised for some really good things. I think he's got weapons across the board, really solid physically, You know, has the weapons to hit through a hard court, although it's certainly more effective with his forehand than just the way he moves the ball around the court, his movement uh, as well, more effective on clay courts, and sometimes that ball sits up a little bit on uh, a hard court more than it would on clay, but yeah, I'm a big believer in Casper Root, and you, know, you look across the draw, yeah, Pablo Carreno Busta is really good. Fabio Fonini is really good. Number four seed Albert Ramos Vanola is a really tough out, but there's no one in this tournament sans maybe Francisco Cirandolo uh, who's in the draw, who's got a weapon that I think can overwhelm Rude. And so I, th- I think if Rude is locked in physically, I think he wins this tournament. That's my prediction for you. I think he's been that good. Of course, I mentioned Francisco Cirandolo. Holger Rune was in the draw. Carlos Alcaraz is in the draw. Nikola Mil- Miljovic, who won a title on clay a few weeks ago uh, at the challenger level qualifier. He's going to play Alcaraz first round. That's a really, really fun match. Overall, good action in Maribel. I know there's not a ton of huge top 50 names that, you know, the common fan would enjoy, but you're not the common fan here. You're listening to a Crack Rackets podcast, so you know your stuff. And if that's the case, you are certainly going to enjoy the action in Marbella. Last but certainly not least, we've got the action in Cagliari. Uh, you look up and down the draw at the results we had today. A fun one for all of you Cracked Rackets fans. Both of these players have appeared on our Cracked Interviews podcast. Yannick Hanifman, seven six five seven six three over Tommy Paul. You look for Hanifman, by the way. He's won a bunch of challenger titles on clay. 
clay. I'm looking up and down the board here. Let's see. Since 2018, he's won one on clay, two on clay, three on clay, four on clay, five challenger titles on clay, made the Kitzbühel final last year as well. You know, he's a guy who went to USC, so perhaps I would be predisposed to thinking, oh, yeah, he probably thrives on hard courts. No, 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 no. You look for Yannick Hanifman in his career. He is 71-66 and 66 in hard court matches. That's a 52% win percentage. 131-62, and 62, 68% win percentage on the clay. That big kick serve out wide for him allows him to go inside in with his forehand or hit the drop shot to the open court and just his willingness to move forward, his willingness to change direction, to go big down the line it's it's a really difficult game to match up against because he's someone who makes you lose your footing and obviously footing is at a premium when you're playing a clay court match so it was a great win for Hanifman I was really impressed by the adjustments Tommy Paul made he was leaving his forehand short in the first set he started hitting through that ball more he started taking the initiative moving forward putting Hanifman on his back foot throughout the course of the match but that was a really good win uh, for uh, Yannick Hanifman to knock off the number eight seed Tommy Paul, the number seven seed also knocked off as Igor Gerasimov defeats Guido Pea six four six love. Bedene comes back from a big deficit, drops the first set six one, was down a break in the third, but one six seven five seven six win for him over talented young Italian Julio uh, Julio excuse me Zepieri. Laszlo Jur four and two win over Federico Gayo. Those were your main draw matches. You look up and down the draw. Your number one seed. It's a really funny combo. Your number one and two seeds in uh, uh, Cagliari, excuse me. Dan Evans is your one seed. Taylor Fritz is your two seed. This is a clay court event, folks, and it's Evans one, Fritz two. I think that's funny. Excuse me. That hiccup was not funny, but I think the seeding is funny. My body's like rejecting it. It's making me hiccup. It's like, oh, Evans and Fritz top seeds at a clay court event, but that's the case, folks. And then your number three seed, Lorenzo Seneco. Number four seed, Nicolas Basilishvili. You've also got Lorenzo Musetti, who's had so much success and is back on his favorite surface. He would face Dan Evans if he wins his first run match against Dennis Novak. You've also got, you know, some really fun guys who've been playing well of late. Marc-Andre Hussler uh, has played well of late. Yuri Vesely has played pretty well of late. You've also got guys, Jill Simone, Trevor Galea, uh, Liam Brody's played well of late. You Jan Leonard Struff. So it should be a very fun week of action in Cagliari, of course. Just quickly, I'm not going to go through who's in the events, but just from a logistics standpoint, of course, there's always college tennis, and we'll talk about that on the Great Shot podcast. We'll also break down all of the ATP Challenger action that's happened over the past week, give our all-stars for the month of March on the ATP Challenger level. But as always, there are ATP Challenger events going on this week. You look uh, up and down the board. It's going to ensure we have tennis, by the way, from sunrise to sunset with the Charleston action, with the ATP action. But then you look challengers this week. We've got uh, the action in split, uh, and we've also got the action, I believe, in Oeris. So two challengers for all of you listeners to enjoy tennis from sunrise to sundown, which is all we can ask for here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, we will be back tomorrow breaking down all of the action, recapping uh, everything that has happened uh, thus far. I guess we'll be back tomorrow night to recap all of Tuesday's action in the professional tennis world. I know I was a little light on what happened Monday. Perhaps I'll talk more about Monday's matches tomorrow. But again, now you guys know what is going on. The answer to your question, yes. 
clay court season is here. It's scary to think, uh, but it really is here. And we, of course, will be talking about all of the action day in, day out here on the Mini Break Podcast. What's coming up on our other feeds? David Gertler going to be joining me later in the week to talk Challenger Tennis. Chris and Matt going to be joining me later in the week to talk College Tennis. And then Jeff Sackman of Tennis Abstract going to be joining me to talk about the biggest statistical trends, outliers from the first third of the season on the Great Shot Podcast. All of those, by the way, the Challenger, the College Tennis, the Jeff Sackman, uh, going to be Great Shot Podcast. So, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, that show, our Cracked Interviews podcast where we have a bunch of members from the Illinois men's tennis team joining us this week. It's Monsi, Kovacevic, and Clark. So be on the lookout for that and all of our content which you can find on our website, CrackRackets.com. You need more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Apologies for that pause, but a little dramatic pause while I shout out, as always, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Gamma. Remember, MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. GammaSports.com, the promo code is CRACK20. But with that in mind, for the super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Gamma, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>